This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. The plaintiff, Joshua Jordan. The act, a burner account, which we believe is Jack Easterby. In front of us, the evidence. Your Honor, I would like to, uh, if it pleases the court, I would like to make my case that we have a Jack Easterby burner account that is commenting on SportsMap Houston articles, one in particular that I wrote myself. And this particular comment was based off of a, a theory by Mike Florio. And Florio's assertion is now that the Texans will not trade Deshaun Watson unless he pushes their hand, i.e. basically sitting down on ESPN television shows for interviews, throwing the organization and the owner under the bus, and repeatedly demanding to being traded. And uh, this man that I claim is an Easter Bee burner account was his reply, and I quote, It appears Mike Florio is beginning to understand the Texans' stance on Deshaun Watson and the lack of incentive to trade the player. Ooh, we've heard that word before. Mm -hmm. Mike also hits to the growing understanding that the genesis, wow, that sounds like a religious type word, the genesis of Deshaun Watson's trade request is not one that Deshaun would wish to become public. Ooh, that sounds like inside information to me. Order in the court. Order in the court. Now. Judge, with the things that we've presented you, the defense has nothing to say. They don't want to even be on record of saying anything. Where do we go from here, Judge? Do you need more? I'm going to rule in favor that... I'm going to rule in favor, favor of the plaintiff that this is a burner account. It is a burner account. And if we need anything else, Jerry, in front of you, we have more witnesses. Show them. ESPN Houston's own Patrick Creighton. Who? Yes. Yes, yes. In his Twitter account, Patrick Creighton claims that that the person that runs this account DM'd him, sent him a personal message on Twitter. And he also refers to, I'm looking at uh, his his account right here, Patrick Creighton's, refers to him as the player and that we should now refer to Easterby as the deceiver. No more calling him by his name. He is now the deceiver. Bible doesn't like deceivers, right? I'm quoting from Patrick Creighton's Twitter account. Now, that's next level. When you're reaching out and DMing an ESPN Houston host with your burner account. So, I'm not the only one that sees this. And what is it? One more piece of evidence. Throughout the entire Twitter timeline that I'm speaking of, we have other listeners and other readers of SportsMap on Twitter reacting, saying, great point, Jack. Thanks, Jack. That sounds great. People are starting to catch on. I think it's him. Well, you heard it here. Judge has ruled in favor of the plaintiff. I don't know even know what the punishment here is because we would say you lose your job. Off with his head. That We're ain't happening. <laughs> can we stone him? I mean, what can we do here at this point? Stoning would probably be uh, a pro pro of uh, his love for the Bible. <laughs> Fire and brimstone. Yeah. And old school, Old Testament. <laughs> we're, we're carrying them. To, <laughs> let me stop right there before I say anything on a Sunday morning. But again, that was court. And the the, the, the reason we even bring this up is because the whole time that Josh is telling me this, I'm thinking the a guy of his position, of his stature, 
should he be creeping on Twitter right now? Like if I come I, if I come up missing in the next week, you know who to go check for because I might be have a mark on my head. There's might be a price on my head now. Should our guy that should be in charge and I hate to say of football operations in some shape, form, or fashion, which he shouldn't be in that, but since he is, should he be worried about Twitter and burner accounts? He shouldn't be, but I mean I mean Kevin Durant does it, right? Like people People do this kind of thing. And that's still, though, at a certain level, like player level. But once you get into management and, and, and that kind of level, right, that's why I say and, – and, and Kevin Durant, that still trips me out because I say, man, someone of that level of stature and, and, and superstar, whenever you talk about, man, are you in the NBA? Yeah, but are you a superstar, superstar? That's a whole different level. You ask yourself, what, what, what get there to make you – to make you so self-conscious about what people say if you're already a monster. You know, like I've heard Ronaldo go on there and say, I like the way he treats it. He says when people say, man, what do you think about trolls and stuff on the Internet? And he always says, do you think when I wake up, do I think about the millions of people that love me and the millions that don't on their worst, on my worst day, it's not better than their best day. That's, you know? yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, dang, shoot them. And that's why he says, if, if, if I take time to out of my good day, to, 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 to fulfill all these trolls, then I'm filling into their bad days. It's no need. Like, we're, on, we're in different worlds. Like, I don't, if they have that feeling towards me, then I don't even live in that world. And I thought, man, that's deep. Like, he just ended it right there. What do you even say to that man? No, I mean, and with if, if this truly is Easterby, like, what we've heard, he's, he's a master of deception, right? You know, he's, he's found a way to convince Cal McNair. To, that's to an fly. album coming yeah, out, Master, master of deception. deception. I mean, if you think about it, and what's more deceptive than you know creating a, a burner twitter account. he uses the metallica cover the master of puppets <laughs> master of puppets and i mean i'm looking at you know patrick creighton put some of these dms the, the screenshots on you know because <laughs> patrick's calling him jack and then he says do not call me jack again it's a privilege not a right to have the audience you have especially in a city that loves nfl football you know Look, we don't know for sure if it's him, but it seems like it could really be him. I mean, even the name, like John C. Prepper, okay, and then the like the name above, which isn't the actual at, is J. C. Prepper. So you think Jesus Christ Prepper? Like he's maybe he's like a Doomsday Prepper. I don't know, but the the J. C. thing is a little on the nose for me. I think. People that make burners, man, they're so bad. Whenever they come up with like all the steps to get there, they they make themselves findable. You remember the the Bill O'Brien burner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, yeah, like yeah. the way that somebody like I guess figured out that it could have been him. Like the whole the name was all like everything was related to him, and I like I assume that it was Bill O'Brien, but he says no. So like I don't think people believed him whenever he said no. You remember that guy that was using my alias and selling pics with my pics, yeah, remember? And yeah. we caught him, one of my followers, uh, he was like, man, I think it's one of these guys. And then all he did was use his last name and used, went to the account and said, hey, I forgot password. And then it shows you a piece of the email you used, and it matched the dude's name. And he was like, I'm telling you, this is your guy. I hit the guy up, and, and right when I said and and I had already wondered if it was him, and he had convinced me so well, man. I'm, t- I'm talking about he had talked about his kids. And all this, that he had a kid coming, actually, and whatnot, and that he had connected with my story and all that, whatnot. Once I hit him up and I showed him that sc- screenshot, I mean, he switched every, um, right away. He knew, and I was like, oh, my God, you were that dumb to use that account. Basically, he was in one of my groups that I used to sell my picks, and he basically started another account. 
and he had, I mean, he had four or 5,000 people on his account, and he would use my story. Everyone knows on Twitter I'm a nut, so I'm, I'm on there, like, in the mornings posting to people, like, let the beat build, let's beat some heads. He's using all that. I mean, now he's not just using the picks. He's using my father's story. Like, people, I'm seeing people be like, man, you, you motivate me with all the things you've been through, and I'm reading, and I'm like, this is mine. Like, he's, he's acting like he's my alias. Like, he was weird. Whenever I finally spoke to him, he was a weird cat. He was here in Houston. He's here from here. I'm thinking, man, there's some bad people, bad hombres out there. There are some bad hombres. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, our very own Lance Zerline, who hosts the morning show here on ESPN 97.5, you know, he does draft evaluations, right? That That's part of his job. And there was a guy that was literally, and I won't say his name, he was copying and pasting I remember that. Lance's draft write-ups for certain players and then and then publishing those to a different website and passing off the draft evaluations as his own. And he was so lazy. Like, he could have actually maybe gotten away with this, but he was using Lance's stuff verbatim, word for word. You know, like little catchphrases like Lance uses, like slow quarterbacks calling him pocket sloths. You know, stuff like that. Where yeah, that, no, That's only a Lance You couldn't even thing. have changed that thing. Yeah, he couldn't even just taken that little thing out. <laughs> just something? Yeah, just you know, just talk about the actual X's and O's. But he was so lazy, he was actually leaving in all of Lance's little, you know, Lance-isms in the content. So it just shows you, like, man, people just, they'll do whatever, man. And this guy, he had making so much money off my picks right when I caught him. He in turn, he, he, he vends me $1,000 right off the top. Whoa. Like nothing. Just 1000 right off the top, not to say anything. That's admission of guilt right there. Yes, yeah. Yes. He was like, man. And then the way I caught him is because someone thought that I was cheating him. His guy was something ducks. Something ducks, pick, flying ducks picks. I'm sure he's still out there if you go and look him up. Flying ducks picks. So this guy basically was using my story and my picks and everything. And one guy thought I was cheating. So he's like, great job stealing Flying Ducks picks. And I'm thinking, who the hell is Flying Ducks? I go click the page and I start reading. And I'm thinking, man, these are my words. Like, I was literally looking at both pages and he's telling people, let the beat build. And I'm, you know, Sunday, bloody Sunday. And I'm thinking, what the? It felt, it made me feel weird. I was catfishing. He was catfishing people. Yeah. I was looking at some of his closest followers and I even hit them up. And I'm like, hey, man. That story he's feeding you, it's my story. Like, that's all my thing. And some people were like, dude, they were so behind him that they were like, man, you're crazy. You're just a jealous guy. Eventually, months later, they found out and they hit me back and they, they used that term. They were like, man, I feel catfished. I, I would write that guy about my stories about like when somebody would die in my family and I was I was trying to relate to this guy and none of that's even true. When I talk to the guy, he's like he's just a dude that sits on his on his couch and plays video games all day and was using my picks and just selling them to someone else. I'm like, it's easy money if you can get it, right? Exactly. He was getting it. I went to his private group. He had like 112 people at the time. He had more than I did. That's what was so disrespectful to me. I'm like, how the hell does he have more people than I do? And he was only paying me the 120 a month. So 120 a month was making him 10 racks. <laughs> this jerk, you know, I caught him. I'm, I mean, I'm red-handed. I mean, the way he acted, he 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 started going. I said, there's some weird people out there. He started going into, man, I'm so sorry, man. I'm going to make this up to you. I promise whenever I do, I'm going to start giving out shoes to kids. I know how you like to help people. I'm going to go back and give to all those people in need, man, all those people. And I'm thinking, wow, like I ended up, that's why I, I just deleted him out of my life, man. After he sent that money, I, I, he, right then he said, what's your Venmo? I got some money right now. I'll send you. I owe it to you. I'm thinking, wow, man, that is crazy. You, you mentioned him sitting around. If playing- I come up missing, it's either him or Easterby. <laughs> him or Easterby. You mentioned him just sitting around playing video games all day. Uh There's something connected to that that is absolutely hilarious that I want to get to on the other side. 
You guys are going to love it. You're not going to believe it, but you'll believe it. We'll, we'll get to it on the other side. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Do you ever wonder what ESPN 97.5 hosts talk about during the breaks? Well, now we have your f***ing answer. I don't know why you got to do it with the FM. All you got to do is say your mouth. Just go to twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5 for exclusive uncensored content. Can you hear him out there for me? is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Man, that gets me hyped. Always to come back like this. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5, eleven eighteen on a beautiful Sunday morning. Morning to you. Hopefully you got that coffee going. Now it's turning into the barbecue pit going. And we've got plenty more for you in these last 45 minutes because even though there's no football in there, I got my football, my soccer, let's call it, play of the month. And I try not to have these often, but I just, I got a good play and I'm going to take you across the pond. You're going to go to Europe and I'll get you that play before we get out of here in one piece. But before that, we got a few other things to get to. Oh, yes. We've got us. Just a beautiful little thing that dropped in our lap the other day. And we're about to play a clip here in a minute of what what is Cal McNair really like, right? Like, we always wonder, what's it like? What's a billionaire really like? What what does that person do in their spare time? What do they really do for their jobs? We have no idea. We, We just, we wonder. So we're about to play a clip here. This is from Michael Silver's podcast. And this is former Texans quarterback Sage Rosenfels. You remember him? Remember in, what a stud! Oh yeah, the the sager. Remember the sage copter back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he had a conversation with David Carr, and when he talked to David Carr, David had come from Cal McNair's office, and you know Sage had kind of always wondered what Cal did. So he had a little conversation with David Carr about what Cal is really like, and here's what he had to say. And I've got really nothing bad to say about Cal McNair. He always treated me really nice. Uh, I was open to conversations with him. But one time, my first year there, I was talking to David Carr about this. And and David had just come from Cal's office, I think, to discuss something. I'm not sure what it was. And I was like, what's, what's, and I hadn't really met Cal at this point. I'm like, what's Cal like? He's like, well, I walk into his office and he's sitting on the floor. There's no desk or anything. And there's this huge TV on the wall and he's playing video games. (laughs) Uh, I was like, what? (laughs) What? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. And that's like my only really like behind the curtain Cal McNair story, other than that he was a nice guy and sat, it was usually like his dad's right hand guy, sort of, and shake hands after game. You know, you come into the game after win and, Bob's there to shake your hand and then Cal's there to shake your hand. And then the GM's there to shake your hand. You know, I mean, he was a part of like upper management, but I have no idea what he actually did. <laughs> just imagine that you, you see that just to think that Cal McNair just sitting there on the ground playing video games, cross leg style in his socks, <laughs> sitting on the floor. Dude. I think what would have made it probably worse 
was instead of sitting on the floor, like he's in a beanbag chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bong in the corner. <laughs> it's like straight out of Grandma's Boy. Exactly. Eating, eating dry Fruit Loops. <laughs> yes. Just you're like, what is going on here? Bag of Cheetos. Yeah, he's he's got the Cheeto fingers. He's got and orange all, dust all yeah. over his like. He's not even wearing a shirt. Just like orange dust on his like chest hair. Yeah, he asks you, "Hey, you want to play?" He hands you. You know, he's got Cheetos all over the the controller. You're thinking, "What the hell is going on here?" But uh, it's hard to respect this guy. <laughs> Honestly, the more you hear, the more. And you know, there's stories out there. There's yeah. plenty of them. Now we're having to get him from this source, another stud quarterback. David Carr, I'm going to take his word to the bank. I don't think he's lying. No. You know? he's, yes. a, he's a godly man like yes. uh, Easterby, too. Yes. Dang, this is, I didn't even think about this. This is crime, this <laughs> spirit on spirit crime. This guy is running the Texans. <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's like we have our own Billy Madison. Yes. I wish he would have gone exactly. one step further and told us what game was he playing. What game yeah. was because that matters a lot. Like, uh, it, as stupid as that sounds, because you're like, all right, if he walked in and he's over there playing, like, he's got like an old school system. He's going back. <laughs> he's playing bubble bobble. You know, and you're thinking, what? Or if he walks in and he's playing like Call of Duty or something. Yeah, like, if he's playing Call of Duty. He's got the headset and yeah. everything. Like, he's like I, I don't know. I think that's like, that would probably be worse. Like, he's too intense and like too locked into that game to focus on the Texans. But like, what if he's like playing like crash bandicoot or something he's like weird. animal crossing? Yeah. He's toe jamming Earl. He's losing to some 11 year old. That's on the other side of the planet. What was that? Uh, I don't I can't even think of it. You remember the game that would come on all old computers that you, uh, the little gray game with the bombs, uh, Oh, Minesweeper. Minesweeper. He's in there playing Minesweeper. He's just like, what, what are you doing exactly in here? Again, man, you just don't want to hear that, and it's just, it's just becoming a joke. And when we talk about things of, man, things that need to be changed, the main thing that needs to be changed is something that, that will probably not change. Uh, I, I don't know if in this lifetime, I mean, it's a race to the finish. Who dies first, me or him? And the fact that Sage, too, I don't really know what, what would you say you do here. You I mean, know, just like nobody knows. Just a laugh in between them. Just you can hear. It's just. It's just funny. It's, it's a just, joke. The just Texans. imagine if you walk into any other owners and you're thinking that's what you're gonna get. I mean, he's eating macaroni. You know, and you're just thinking like, what? What in the hell's going on here? You felt the need to give him an office with nothing but a TV and no furniture, like in a in a professional NFL team's building. It's incredible. Like you can't make this stuff up with these guys. It is unbelievable. I'll tell you who is making stuff up, and I think that's people that are saying that there's offers for J.J. Watt out there on the table for $15, 16000000 million. Now, there very well could be. Yeah, Cleveland, I'm here. We know that the wording and the way the NFL structures contracts can play for the team's favor as well, though. What if you make it signing bonuses in the back end that are with injury bonuses as well and whatnot? It doesn't end up being the 15 or 16 mil per year. It could very well be 10 mil per year unless he fulfills all those, all those, uh, the back end of the guarantees. But then my question is this, if there was really a 15 or $16 million deal, then the Texans, I think if there was a market for him, the Texans would have tried to deal him in some form or fashion because they would have got something back at that point. In my opinion, there's something to that. I think that there was no market. And then also something with what you said that there was something as far as J.J. had above their head saying, if we don't make this, if you don't let this go smoothly, me leaving, I, you don't want me to turn the fan base on you because my people roll with me. You don't want, 
my section of the Texans faithful to turn on you either. So that's another thing that he brought to the table. But for someone to say, man, he's worth 15 or 16 because a few people played it out to where it's, yeah, he could get a three-year contract. For example, he gets $10 million fully guaranteed 2021. Then 15 with the injury guarantee that converts to fully guaranteed 2022. And then that other 20 non-guaranteed salary in 2023. On paper, it looks like he's worth that. But we don't even know if he'll ever get there. I'm not sure that the market is that for there for him in that aspect. Because if he really wants to win, then the teams that, that can do that and make moves are limited, in my opinion. They are. Look, you know, Palillo had a similar point that if he really does get 15 or 16 million dollars, then the Texans made a huge mistake cutting him and not because somebody would have traded. So he agreed. See, I didn't yeah, see yeah, that. yeah, yeah, he did. And it was one of his, his article that was on sportsmap.com on Friday. And that's what Charlie said. Like, hey, if he's going to command that much money, then somebody would have traded for him at 17 yeah, and a half. Million. You have to get something back. Yeah, you have to get something back. You can't just do him a solid. But I'm with you. I think they knew JJ could make them look even worse you know, on social media. And look, they care about that. They asked uh, Jamie Roots to stay on and, and not leave what, you know, right away because they wanted, they wanted things to appear like they were, you know, not a bleep show. So they, they are paying attention to the way they are being perceived, not just in Houston, but in the national media. So, but the other thing, we talked about it too with JJ, you know, according to PFF, he was the, what, like 18th? He was a top 20 best defensive player in the NFL last year, according to PFF. Take that for what you will, but that's what they said. So, J.J. can still play. I just, I don't think he, you don't want him to be your best player on defense anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to be a complimentary piece, and I think he can really help you. But the thing with J.J. is, he's going to, I don't think he's going to go take a million dollars to go play for the Packers. You know what I mean? Like, you want a team to commit something to you to show that they really want you so that they don't just throw you aside after one year. You know, you want to make sure that it's a good situation. So I think Cleveland or Buffalo makes a lot of sense because they can pay him. Let me get you paid. Let me give you a pick. We're talking college basketball. We're talking about Houston versus USF. And this is the way I see this game planning out. I think the Cougars are going to be able to play at will. They're going to be able to move the ball. And ever since they lost that game two games back, they've beat up their opponents. One by over 30. The other by 24 points. The spread being at 18, I think that they could easily cover that against a team that they already beat by 17. Today they get to play at home, and this is another mark that stands out. 35-43 to 43 was the score at halftime of that game. I think that the, uh, the the Cougars will be able to score around that 40-point mark again. If you go look at team totals right now, the team totals 36.5 for that first half team total for the Houston Cougars. I think that they can surpass that, and I think that they'll also be up by double digits at the end of the first half. Take that to the bank. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Cancel culture strikes again. This time they're taking it too far. Mr. Potato Head? Mr. Potato Head? I put an emphasis on Mr. or Mrs. This can be either way, but 
Is that where we got in life now? 713-780-3776. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. What do you think about that when you heard that news first thing? I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, tell everybody a little bit. of what, What's the what's the kind of idea, the main idea with this? Basically, people are fighting for Mr. Potato Head to be just Potato Head. And the Mr. needs to be gone and people are fighting for that aspect of it. Uh, they just feel like it shouldn't be, I guess, driven to one set. <laughs> what I think about it is this is what we're spending our time on <laughs> like with all the problems in the world, and, and this is what we're worried about. <laughs> it's amazing. Hasbro came out and said, hold that tot. Your main spud, <laughs> Mr. Potato Head, isn't going anywhere. While it was announced today that the Potato Head brand and logo are dropping the Mr., I am proud to confirm that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere and will remain that. So basically, it, they took it off the box. I see the new packaging, and it's still going to say Potato Head, but they'll still be Mr. and Mrs. And it's just to me, it's just like, again, it's not even about the Potato Head factor here. It's about, the, uh, one, like you said, don't we have better things to do? And two, we got to stop this cancel culture stuff over just anything. I mean, if, if, if we're going this far, imagine how many things we could dig up. No, it, it's so true. You know, Bill Maher did a whole thing on how they're trying to cancel Abraham Lincoln in Illinois now. I mean, it's I mean, this is the world we live in. Get used to it. It's not going it's not changing anytime soon. And this Mr. Potato Head thing, I'd saw the headline, but I hadn't clicked on it. I didn't know what the the real complaint was until you just told me. But yeah, man, I'm it's, look, nobody's perfect. Nothing it's not a perfect world. Some things are gonna upset people. That, that's that's the way it is, you know? But like I said, there's way more important things to, to deal with right now, especially in this world, this COVID world that we live in right now. There's way more things to worry about than Mr. Potato Head. I know something that's real important, and I got Tyler here. He's also involved. I'm not sure if you've even seen it, Josh, or if you've kind of heard about it, but there's something called NBA Top Shot going around. So it's we talk about the evolving world that we live in. Well, it's always it was always the world of uh, cards, right, sports cards, memorabilia, however you want to word it. Now, a company called NBA Top Shot, and it's they've been they go back to last year. They already had a community, but it's grown. Basically, it's a digital card. So instead of having the paper card, I get it digitally, and I get a moment. It's not even card a card, so it'll be a play of a person. They're uh, they're tied to the NBA, so it's all official. It's all on a blockchain, so it's all minted to you. It's you got that specific moment, and then they they, they serial number one through fifteen thousand, one to three thousand. And they do them on scarcity. I know uh, Tyler's been involved with it. I just want to bring it up in case you're listening out there and you're not. Man, there's so much money involved with this to make. Like I'm talking about, you see me posted on my crowd, uh, account, nine, $9 packs. People are turning to thousands, thousands. Did somebody, some? I guess he's some rich kid, reseller, or whatever. He bought a LeBron. I think it was either the 1 or the 23, but he bought that one for $208,000. Oh. I mean, there's big money in this. And, again, I just bring it up because go ahead when you're, if you're listening and when you have time, just go to NBA Top Shot. And it's, it's just something new. I always tell, you know, when we look at, when we hear about cards and they'll say, like, for example, that the uh, Babe Ruth card sold for 760 last night. Um, you think, oh, man, uh, that's pretty cool. I would never have a chance to have a Babe Ruth. Like, but right now with this, it's something new. And I think that, man, this is, might be my chance at legitimately having something that, that, that's at the beginning of it and maybe locking down a, a LaMelo ball rookie that's worth a hundred grand later on down the line. And I'm just, man, I'm all in right now on this, Josh. I was telling, I, I talk to Tyler all the time about it because he's getting these packs. And, I mean, literally $9 packs 
turn into a minimum. I mean, the one yesterday, what was it, a $14? And I mean, you, you're turning thousands, thousands yeah. of dollars. And right now it's in a beta stage. So basically you just get on the site. It's it's a bunch, thousands of people now. Whenever I first started, whenever I first told you, remember, it was a different drop system. You can, like, purchase it and keep purchasing them. Now it's you get in a room, it's a queue system. If you're lucky, you're lucky. They give you a randomized number. If you're in the first 10,000, you're in. Bro, if you get that pack, you're guaranteed money. That's what I'm telling you. If you're listening out there, this is guaranteed money. If if you have to spend dollars on that $9 pack, whatever you're getting back, you're guaranteed to win. Like, I'm like I'm so upset at myself for I listed three cards from that first time that I got in on it and I listed them at 5, 5 and 17. So, that was like basically just to get my money back on the two packs that I got those cards from, right? So then I I was just like I kind of wrote it off because, to be honest, I was skeptical of it. I'm like, what am I doing buying a digital card? Like, (laughs) why? how is there value in this? Why is there value in this? And then I just kind of, like, wrote it off. I was getting the emails about the pack drops and never paid attention, like, never logged back in. And then whenever I had those cards listed, I saw that that there was going to be this new rare pack coming out. So I was like, all right, let me try this. So I logged back in, and I find out that those three cards sold. And then I went back to the marketplace to see how much, like, what they're worth now. And they shot up 1,000%. 1,000. So it was a $50 card, a $50 card, and then a $170 card. And I easily could have sold those for around there. And... I was just like, what in the world? And then I listed some other cards, and I sold two of them for – I sold one for 100 and then another for 75 right after that. It's crazy, Josh. It, it was really insane. Is. It's insane. That's what I'm telling you. It's a market that, that doesn't really have a baseline right now. They don't know what to happen with this, but there's NBA players. So NBA players have gotten involved within the last two weeks, and they're going on there doing live streams saying, I want to get my – Terry Rozier – I'm going to buy my own moment. And then he, someone didn't. Uh, someone had his jersey number, and he's like, hey, I'll give somebody, I'll let them come hang with my team after the game and whatnot, and I'll give them a signed jersey if you sell me. I mean, that's how big it is. Again, if you're listening out there, I don't, I'm not giving you a financial advice, but if you want a little hustle that you can get in, go to NBA Top Shot and try to get your hand on one of these packs. You're spending 9 or $14, and what comes out of these packs, if you get a LeBron, I've gotten two or three out of them. Those are $2,200 cards. So I eventually built up those cards, and I bought a Vince Carter, his last shot. I bought it for $1,700, and it's fifty or 4900 now. That's wow. what I'm saying. It's just a crazy market right now. And, again, if you're looking at something, if you're a collector guy, if you're a sports back in the day, you, like we all have that friend. Like I always tell this story that, that comes over, and he's like, man, I got a lot of cards, that, baseball cards that, that, are, that are badass, man. They're, they're probably worth money, and then they show up, and then they got those boxes, the big white boxes. They're not even, like, in pages, right? They're all, like, bent. And then you get them, and you're like, you look them up in a Beckett, and then you're like, man, this one's twenty two cents, this one's eleven cents, and then he looks at me with a straight face and says, "Bro, we're rich. I got, I've got thirty boxes of these at home." And I'm thinking, who the hell's gonna buy these at ten cents a piece? Like, Nobody. there's no market now. On this, there is a a, a a supply and demand, and the 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 supply is not there for the demand. Tell, I mean, just check it out. When I'm gonna start texting you on these drops, Josh, just. You can pick up a I mean people were picking up $60,000 cards yesterday for $14. It's yeah. crazy. And, and look, the the reason why it it sounds and this is the first time I'm hearing of this, but it re, the reason why it sounds like this is working is the scarcity, right? Exactly. That's what happened when when we were young and we were collecting tops and Fleer and Donruss baseball cards in the 80s and 90s 
is they were so popular they were printing a bajillion of them. Exactly. So that you know the, the, yeah, they weren't worth anything. They start losing their value. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many of them out there. But it sounds like with this, it the scarcity is there, and that's why there's value. So basically, you download it, right? And then just it's something on your phone or your laptop. No, you don't even download it. it. It's on the website. Yeah, so like you log in, like everything's in your account. So like if ever they have like server issues or whatever, like you're pretty much effed. But they like, and I guess part of the thing about this, like being so popular and kind of gaining more traction, is because the legitimacy of it. They're licensed by the NBA. It's blockchain, so like that's. That's already kind of like in today's realm with Bitcoin and all that stuff. So people are, I guess they're more enlightened to what like Bitcoin and all that kind of blockchain technology is. So it actually has kind of, it's, I guess, more relatable nowadays. And that's what it is. And and, uh, I like to look at it as an open market as far as no one knows where this is going to go. No one really knows the prices of anything. So every day... I'm talking about, I got people listening right now on here that are in my groups and they've, I mean, turned one guy's like, bro, I've, I've invested like $48 and I got six grand. Like, I don't even know what the hell to do. I mean, one guy cash out. Yeah. <laughs> one guy's like, well, that's the thing with cashing out. Have you been verified to actually withdraw? So funds? I got, so right now they verified me and I'm on that 30 day mark or whatever. Yeah. So then they have 30 days to, to so the, the reason I found out a lot to do with that is that it's to avoid a lot of back charges and stuff whatnot because people figured out a way that you can back charge and and it's different whenever like say someone that's selling cryptocurrency like bitcoin if you back charge a company there's no physical product like so then if you if i do a back charge and i buy a card and i sell it and that shit and that and that and that moves moves and moves and it say, say that moment moves and moves and moves by the time that they find out that there was some kind of of wrongdoing that they they've already paid for that card like that card it's got a, a a worth inside yeah. so then it's a it's a big trouble so they say it takes about 30 minutes to or 30 days to be able to know all right this they can't come back on this supposedly that's what hmm. i've i've heard so but again if you're listening out there and this is right up your alley as far as collectibles or just trying to get into some side hustle i'm telling you go to top shot they're not even accepting new accounts just how they used to just open. You can go – you have to go ahead, sign up, and then they're letting people in at a – in groups basically now because it's just – it's the new thing. It's it's hot right now. Yesterday there was over 200,000 people waiting in line. They gave everybody a pack no matter what. Just yeah. get in line. So now, wow. the caveat to all this is be prepared to take an L because if it's like on a rare – like that rare pack drop that they had, it was – 160,000 people and they only had 10,000 packs. So you you kind of have you got to have luck on your side to get something like that. And I mean Alex just, Gold got two packs. Yeah. Which is crazy. Work. Three guys in on his show in Kansas City, two of them got a pack. And I have like 16 people in my group that try to get one none. Zero of us got them. So it's tough. Again, NBA Top Shot, hate to waste a segment on that, but if you're about money and you like hustling, like obviously because you listen to this show for the gambling aspect, go ahead and check it out. Go ahead and try to get your hands on some of those packs, those moments, and go ahead, like Josh says, if it gets to a point where you want to sell it, make your money because, I'm, like I said, I've invested maybe for – I ended up buying a LeBron for like 300 350 cash at the time, which that one's worth 2200 now. Then I pulled two of those out of packs. I have three of those. I got probably about five, six hundred dollars invested, and I got probably about twenty-two thousand dollars worth of moments right now. Damn. 
Yeah. So at one point, don't get me wrong, I'm thinking about like, man, let me just take this off the table and just move on. Top shot never happened to me. But then I'm thinking, what if I wait a few years and this is that one that hits 100,000, that Vince Carter? I don't know. We have one segment left, and hopefully you can hit 100,000 with this play. I'm taking you to Italy. Tell the the wife, I'm leaving. I'm grabbing my mask, and I'll be back, honey. I'm going to war. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Years of research and innovation. Innovation Map is the new voice of innovation in Houston. Pretty cool, huh, Morty? Covering startups, tech, energy, health, social impact, and more. Visit innovationmap.com today. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it now. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Twitch is on fire right now. Going back to the McNair sitting there playing video games. Crystal Cal. says, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, Cal. He goes back and says, uh, she goes and says, I can see it's badass sitting there with a headset on with a two liter Pepsi. Taco Bell in a pizza box stacked up. I can see that as well. Jermaine says, I can see him there shirtless with Cheeto dust crumbs on his chairs, uh, on his chest, and his lips red from drinking Code Red Mountain Dew. Always the Code Red for the gamers. Trey says, what if he was playing uh, franchise mode Madden? In Madden. <laughs> Using the Texans. He's stuck on the foam finger part, though, where you're listing the foam finger. You walk in, he's like, I just can't figure out how much the list is for. How much do you think I should put it for? <laughs> I'm going to up the seat costs. I'm going to upgrade the, the speaker system at NRG. Franchise mode was awesome, man. <laughs> now, Dr. Dre goes on the Cowboys and says, Dak and the boys, give them $35, 36000000 million and be done with it. If not, trade for Russ, which I think is 37 and give up two first-round picks. How does the Cowboy faithful feel about that? I, I mean, I'm not even Cowboy faithful, but yes, right now, right? I mean, what do you do, though, because – Wilson is not a spring chicken. No. By the time this contract's over, I believe it'll be 35 years old. We talk about Brady doing it, but these are two fairly different quarterbacks in the way that they play. Now, I'm not going to say that Russell Wilson is a quarterback that takes big hits because he usually has a way of falling gracefully. But he's complained about all the hits he's taken. It's all, there's something to it. I don't think that he's going to have the longevity of Brady. I'm not sure anybody will, to be honest with you. Not not playing at that level. I wouldn't think. And just because of his stature, he has to be able to move around to find passing lanes. You know, Brady's tall. He, he doesn't have to get outside the pocket or move left or right to find passing lanes. Russ does. We see that a little bit with Breeze, but I think Russ is even just a tad bit shorter than Breeze. Now, what do we do as far as, okay, say this is all – tongue-in-cheek what do we do about the Cowboys as the deadline is approaching more and more do you think that how you said you talked to me pre-show and you said that the timing of things we've seen that the the Texans have waited to certain times to make moves the Cowboys have usually waited till later in, in 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 they usually wait till September sometimes you know that that holiday weekend what how long does this Last, because I'm 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 a true believer that I don't want my star quarterback, my franchise quarterback in either position, whether it be the Texans or the Cowboys, and they're both completely different in the sense that one of them's completely checked out already mentally, 
The other one's Dak is saying, yeah, I want to be here, but I want that money too. I want some kind of job security or franchise tag me. And then who knows if he stays next year? Where do we go from here, though, as far as is this what you want leading into a season, especially with a new coach here in the Texans and just a lot of moving parts? Is this how you want the season to start? Is this going to lead to a successful start to the season to where if Watson is with the helmet on and saying, man, that was a good decision to stay here, or is it starting one and five, something like that, and then all hell breaks loose because what if he starts getting vocal then? I was thinking about this the other night, and – can we both agree, or all of us agree, that the Texans probably, even if Deshaun stays, they're probably not going to be good, like like a legit playoff team for a couple off seasons, right? They, the defense has to get fixed. So whether you have Deshaun or not, I don't think you're going to be very good. So I'm almost kind of like, look, Deshaun, you're going to have to wait a little while for this team to come around. So if he does sit out the whole year, oh, well, we're waiting for two years down the line anyway until we're going to be decent so Deshaun if you just want to sit out oh well we're going to lose games anyway build up the roster around him and then after you know maybe he doesn't maybe he wants to play football again you're essentially taking football away from him and by the time he actually because he's saying he'll sit out the whole year if he actually does that you know maybe you actually have a decent team around him by the time he's ready to come back or this I thought about this the other night we keep hearing rumors about what if Deshaun was traded for Dak you know, we, we, you know, it's kind of pie in the sky. We don't think it would really happen. But would you do this on each side? What if they offered you Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and two first-round picks for Deshaun? Mm. I mean, that's, that's a lot. You know what I mean? I mean, just, you know, Will Fuller's probably going to leave, right? Because I don't think they're going to franchise and Lamb's him. a baller. Lamb's a good player. Brandon Cooks will probably be here this year and next year, but beyond that, probably not. Randall Cobb, you're just stuck with him for maybe a year, but he's not your future. You need a legit wide receiver. So, like, would you do that? Two first-rounders, and they had the number 10 pick overall this year. You get number 10 overall, you get Dak and CeeDee Lamb, and then their their first-round pick next year. Now, if you're Jerry, that's box office, right, baby? You trade for Deshaun Watson, you still got Michael Gallup, you still got Amari Cooper, you still got Zeke. You know, so the, and then if you add Deshaun to that, that's a good offense. I think the Cowboys will feel more comfortable paying Watson that type of money than Dak. I think that's what's holding everything back because we talked about the market being set, and this was last season, last offseason, whenever we were seeing, okay, well, what's the bar? And then we started once we got to Mahomes. We said, okay, well, that's the ceiling. We already know who Mahomes is, how we rate him. So, okay, that's the bar. So then Deshaun's got to be a little bit below that. And then Deshaun got paid. So yep. then once Deshaun got paid, then you said, okay, well, Dak's got to be below that. Correct. Naturally, he's, he, he, he should be. And then, no, nah, Dak doesn't see it that way, though. Dak's paper, you know, his, his, his team is seeing his paper should be more towards that Watson range, if not a little bit up, a, a little bit ahead of it. So then you start saying, okay, well, let's, let's hold the press here. And that's why Dak ultimately could hurt himself if he's asking for that. I think on the franchise tag, it'll be 37. And if, if Wilson was to hit the market and then and, and he's one of the t- Cowboys are one of the teams and 37 and they're looking at Dak and they're like 35 or 36, uh, sorry for you. No doubt. I think, would you make the Cowboys the favorite to win the division if they got Deshaun? Like yeah, if, if, this, mean, if this trade happened and they had to give up CeeDee Lamb and they had to give up Dak and, and a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year, I would put them as the favorites to win. The, 
I would pick them as the favorites to win the NFC East. Get Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Dak was Dyson. Dak was Dyson before he left. Now, a lot of it required being in shootouts because that defense, and that's why the Cowboys have a lot of holes to fill still. Offensive line holes. They have a lot of defensive problems. They have a lot of holes to fill, holes on the offensive line that they didn't have to fill a few years back. They were known to have that. So now that's what you have to think going forward. That's not just the Cowboys. That's any team that decides to trade the farm, the franchise, trade everything for Watson. Does that make us a winner right now? Or does that take us further away from the uh, the, the, the the goal, let's call it? I think I don't think Dax is good as Deshaun, but I don't think they're in two different ballparks. Well, this is the ballpark. End of the show. Italy, Roma, AC Milan. Italy, Roma, AC Milan. There's going to be goals all over this game. I'm going to hit it at two and a half. That's my main goal. I'm going to hit it both teams to score and over two and a half. I'm going to hit it over three. I'm going to hit first half. I think the final score is two to one or two to two. Sprinkle a little bit on that. Roma, AC Milan. That's my play of the month. Thanks for listening. This was Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. That's Tyler Scott. I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace. Listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool.